Welcome to A Friend of Mine, a series of conversations with some incredible and inspiring women in business from regional and rural Australia. I'm Kimberly Finesse, your host and the founder and editor of Oak Magazine, and I cannot wait to introduce you to some amazing female entrepreneurs who will share with you their experience and knowledge of what it takes to start, grow and scale a successful business. So let me introduce you to a friend of mine. Happy International Rural Women's Day! With COVID restricting so many events and further isolating rural communities, International Rural Women's Day is an important day for us to take a moment to celebrate and shine a light on the success of rural women. In celebration of Rural Women's Day, I would like to introduce you to some special friends of mine who live in rural Victoria, New South Wales and Queensland. Through these conversations, I hope that women living in rural areas see and hear themselves in these stories, and others recognise how incredibly hardworking, innovative and resilient women living in rural Australia are. Let me introduce you to a rural friend of mine. In September 2020, regional New South Wales welcomed Fig & Co into the retail scene after Beck Nichols decided she didn't want to travel for hours to find a gift for her sister. In less than a year, Beck has built a network of suppliers from almost every state in Australia, and she is looking forward to moving into a bigger premises by the end of the year. Did I mention that her business has just celebrated its first birthday? This is a fabulous conversation about being part of the solution, the challenge of finding a rental space and acquiring wholesalers as a new rural business, and why we need to take time to stop and explore all the tiny towns when travelling. Meet my friend Beck from Fig & Co. Hello Beck, and happy Rural Women's Day. Hi. Hi, Kimberly. How are you? I'm very well. I'm so glad to have you on the podcast. Now, you're actually new to business, Beck. Um, you were one of very few people who were brave enough to open a business during a global pandemic. Um, can you tell me a bit about that? You know, what was the lead up to opening Fig & Co? Um, yeah, and how did it all happen? Well, I'm not sure if brave's the right. Yes, brave, but probably crazy is probably a better way to describe it. I think I've always wanted to have a business of my own um, and, you know, sort of secretly working away in the background, I suppose, in my mind, that was something I always wanted to do. And it was my third child, Sadie, was born in March 2020. And um, I think it was a couple of weeks before we, the whole country went into lockdown. And uh, I went into Gundagai to buy a gift for my sister for her birthday and I came home empty-handed and I can remember speaking to my husband and I just said, look, this is just really frustrating. Like I can either be part of the solution and, you know, stop whinging about the lack of availability that we have locally or I can do something about it. And that was the actual point that I remember knowing that this was what I was going to do. So from there, there was a lot of time spent on the couch, you know, breastfeeding and scrolling on my phone and just sort of thinking about what that might look like. And I, um, sort of started to, you know, test the waters with a few wholesale accounts and stuff like that. And then, you know, which actually came with its own set of challenges because sometimes people were like, well, what does your store look like? And it's like, well, this is a concept. This is something that we haven't actually started yet. So then we sort of, there was a few road bumps there where, you know, there, and I wish you completely understand because, you know, some people don't want to have their stock in your shop if they don't know what it's 
is going to be represented like. So, you know, it sort of all just kept steamrolling and then this pandemic just wasn't sort of going away and it got to the point where I was like, well, we just have to do it, you know, otherwise, you know, when's the end game? Like there's no, no one had the crystal ball to say, well, at the end of 2022 or 2023 or who knows when this is going to be normal again. So I just um, decided that I'd open it and just see what happened. I love hope that. hope for the best. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, that you just, as you said, like there was no end in sight really. Um, you know, I think there were some very up-in-the-air dates. But um, when you feel so passionate about something and, and just follow that, follow that gut instinct, I suppose, that – you know, that was saying, hey, it's 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 okay to open a store. Um, like what what experience did you bring with you then, Beck? Like how did you know, you know, what to do, what to open, who to contact? Like how does that all happen? Um, you know, did you have an inner circle that you could rely on or, you know, or locals that you could ask? No. I mean, no, I just fumbled my way through. Um, yeah, I had a sort of – I think I sort of started I started looking for a space to open it in and that sort of was another sort of set of challenges. Found a guy's a really small town, just one main street. Um, a lot of the a lot of the business front have houses and now residential buildings. So a mm. lot of those um, it looks empty a lot of the time in Gundagai, but so many of those shop fronts are actually people's houses. So whilst they look like there's nothing in there, people are living there, they just don't have a shop in them. Um I think once I found a space, then I sort of knew how to sort of gauge how much to, to buy and do you know what I mean? Sort of that kind of helped me process the – which it's evolved. In 12 months, it's evolved immensely, I must say, from its beginnings. Um, I think and follow a lot of other stores that have been in business for like 15-plus years, so I have no idea what that would look like. You know, I must – I would love to see like a snapshot of it like every five years of what happened in their store because it would just be amazing to see, you know, obviously fashion and trends and stuff change, but how they adapted and followed and, you know, were able to keep up with that as well. So, yeah, it's – um, but I haven't had a mentor per se. Like I didn't sort of know anyone that I could call and go, hey, you know, when you were doing this, how did you do that? I just sort of – fumbled my way through. Fumbled well. Good job. <laughs> so with the lockdowns, there hasn't been a lot of foot traffic, I'm presuming, through the town. What have you done to to keep your doors open or to to continue to sell? Um, I social media has obviously been for me has been the key to be recognized in general, but also through the pandemic, I think um, Instagram has been a huge a huge help for my business and and growing my business in the pandemic too. But it also was in my favour because most people were at home. Um, there was, a, I think there was a lot more people flicking and, you know, potentially sitting on the couch with not a lot to do or homeschooling or working from home or whatever. I feel like we've probably all spent more time on our phones than what we ordinarily would. So, um, yeah, Instagram really has been the thing behind the growth of Fig & Co., I didn't and I still don't have a live um, website platform to purchase things from and largely that's just me being hopeless at getting my information on there and being time poor and all that kind of thing. But I also was really nervous about how I was going to control my inventory. Like that's just me. So 
it's not like I have someone in a shop and then I'm sort of working in the background. I'm in the shop and I'm working on the background. So having an online store was making me a little bit nervous So to keeping on track of my inventory. So I, I sort of haven't launched into it just yet because I feel like it probably requires an extra staff person, which um, we will probably do next year. I think we've grown enough to probably support um, an, an additional staff member. We do. I do have one girl that works one day a week, but it's um, really that's just so that I can actually have some time with my kids. Um, but yes, I think next year we will go down that road of having that person so that we can, you know, do it properly and do it well. And I sort of, I just didn't want to have, I didn't want to do it twice. I was like, let's yeah, just do it once yeah. and do it well. It is um, short-term pain though for long-term gain. Just getting that inventory, I mean, it's time-consuming and it's it can seem overwhelming, but once you get into that process, uh, I think everything will just open up for you. Um, you know, the other thing is that it's, it is really complicated, isn't it? Like it's not just having the website, it's having a point of sale in the store. Um, it's knowing all your postage and handling, like to deal with Australia Post and what that then looks like and the cost of all that as well. Um, yeah, it's it's not just as easy as putting the website up, is it? It isn't. It really isn't. And I think um, if you're a home-based business and you don't have a bricks and mortar store, you don't have those problems because no. it's just what I have and, and all that kind of, you know, and I, and I think that's where a Shopify from your mobile is brilliant because you just pay a monthly fee and it's super easy. And I think 90% of the websites that I buy things from are Shopify these Absolutely. days. Um, and I think it's amazing. The other thing is too, we really want people to come into our shop. The whole point of, you know, having that sort of real need, we want people to get in their car from Wagga, from Canberra, you know, locally even and say, I want to get to this store. Like, you know, yes, she's she's got an online presence sort of, but no, I just want to get in there and have a look at it. And um, it kind of makes people want to actually visit. And hopefully when they're here, they go to the bakery and they have one to the pub and, you know, do a few other things as well. So, um yeah, we've sort of wanted to really make it that it's a it's a it's a it's a shop to visit. Yeah, a destination and experience, um, and I I feel like we'll be looking for that too. Um, you know, when as soon as we can, I think people will be would much prefer to walk into a store than uh, buy online. Uh, we've done it for so so long and so often. Uh, yeah, there's there's little joy in the uh, postman arriving these days. Yeah. Yes. So tell me, what's the transition been like then from like an employee to a business owner? When my husband and I, we first came back to Gundagai, my background is in agriculture. So I was working as a embryo tra- embryo transfer technician for a vet um, pre this new whole space that I'm working in now. And I couldn't do that when I was pregnant. So I think I worked right up until I was, you know, a month or so due with our first child Toby um, and then I haven't actually gone back to work since we had him so I've had a few years where I've been at home working with my husband on the farm obviously still running our own business with the farm as well but then um, Figging Co had I was just so excited to have this this creation 
you know, a new sort of outlet where I got to, um, it was kind of like a little bit of, for me, if that makes sense. Like I think um, there was just this time where this transition in my life where I went from, yes, working, you know, full-time for, for a boss to not working at all to then creating this new space and this exciting um, venture, which it doesn't feel like work, if that makes sense. And mm-hmm. I think... Perfect sense. <laughs> yeah, so I feel like that... Um, when, I, when I'm doing things for the Big & Co and when I'm making decisions and I'm doing all that sort of stuff, yes, we're busy, but I'm, I really enjoy it. So I don't, I don't sort of, it's not like I, you know, get up in the morning and I'm like, oh God, I've got to be in the cattle yards and I've got to do this or I've got to do that or it's exciting. And I'm like, right, I've got to get everyone organized so that I can go and do this fun thing. Um, I've loved that transition and I've loved that um, excitement that I get from having my own little and you know what? It started off being this little thing, and now we've just purchased a building. And you know, it's in twelve months. We I couldn't imagine how much this has grown. Like it has exceeded our expectations a hundred times over. Yeah. So I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? You haven't just launched a business in a global pandemic. You've launched and then grown into a new premises. Like it's it's absolutely amazing. Yeah, it totally blows my mind to think about it. But then it, I still get excited, and I love that about the. the I love that about it. Like it, it still. I only just was talking to um, my girlfriend today. She came in briefly, and I said, "Oh my god, you know, I can't wait to get over into the new shop, and you know, the shutters are booked, and new windows, and this and that, and you know, it's all happening." And I was like, "From the first of November, we'll be across there," and it's you know, hardly past our first year anniversary, which is it is kind of it is kind of you know, surreal really. Um, but who knows what the next 12 months will bring, but um, it'll be it'll be exciting. Yeah. Well, what's been the highlight then in the last 12 months? I think the surprising feeling of that support. So when you put yourself out there and this shop really is just a, you know, it, there's so much of you in it that you know it's your baby it's it's that it's that child that you didn't have it's that you know I think um that this the fact that people celebrated it as much as I loved it I think that was the surprising thing to me I was really nervous I was like oh you know I really think there's a need for this but is there and that self-doubt but you know people kept coming in and they kept buying and I kept buying and all of a sudden I was just like oh, I was right. Like, yes, this town can support this store and, you know, these people have missed this and um, we might live in rural Australia but we actually still really like all these nice things. Um, It just took someone to collaborate it and put it together. Yeah, absolutely. So that has been – that's been the really beautiful thing about it. I think that um, it's been celebrated and not only have we had people visit that like the store but I get supported locally. Which is just, and that has been the little, like when we came out of that second lockdown, there was no one traveling, but I had to get a second person in to help me on that first day because I was that busy, I couldn't be in here on my own. It was bananas. And they were local people. They were just people that had been in lockdown for, was it, how many, I don't know how many weeks, I've just lost track now of the lockdown, but... Uh, we're at like, seven, so I've got no idea. I've, I've, everything's a blur either. for me. I don't know how many weeks and days in lockdown, but it was just, it was just so beautiful and 
you know, these guys had just, they wanted a bit of retail therapy, but they knew how much we were hurting. You know what I mean? Like that's the spirit of a small community that, you know, they were like, I'm buying this locally because I know Beck's been shut for three months and I know that she's probably struggling Mm. to pay her rent. So um, that that was really nice. That's beautiful, actually. Do you want to take me through why you're so passionate about people knowing about your rural community? Yeah, look, I mean, these small little towns and not just Gundagai, but a lot of small little towns, I think, um, get missed a lot of the time. Do you know what I mean? And I even know when we were kids growing up, mum and dad was always like, right, get in the car, make sure you've been to the toilet. We're not stopping until we get there. Um, you know, and we would obviously go to the coast or, you know, whatever. But I think what we really need to do is try and educate people to stop at the little town and see what there is to see here and, you know, visit the little shops. And I think rather than just have one shop, if we could all get together and say, this is a destination because there's these six things to do and it's actually an overnight stay. So maybe make it a stay here. So rather than just stop and have lunch, stay the night, We've got an amazing park. We've got a pump track. There's beautiful little stores, some great pubs. Just, you know, I feel like if everyone works together, then it sort of paints the picture as a whole as opposed to just one one business promoting themselves. So, you know, it's just I think I feel I feel like for me um, it's, a, it's an all-in type thing. Like we don't – it's – I don't want to be selfish and just promote myself because at the end of the day, the other businesses that are here are going to help me as well. If we all help each other and if we all promote Gundagai as a town, then more people are going to want to stop here. Absolutely. And it's a picturesque little country town as well in the beautiful Riverina. And I mean, if if people can't stop, um, you know, right now, why not jump online? But otherwise, you know, make sure, as you said, it's not from point A to point B. It's stopping in between and, and visiting and, you know, getting to know the locals and, um, yeah, taking time. And, and maybe we're ready for that, to take time, to slow down, not to be in such a rush, as you said, <laughs> go to the toilet. We're not stopping. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. I and I think, <laughs> look, this year, I mean, Bendigo to Adelaide's an eight-hour trip for us. Um, and not that we say we're not going to stop at all, but it is still, you know, um, we're not stopping all the time. So make sure you go to the toilet at the halfway mark. Um, but I think just from speaking to a few women for this little series, our Rural Women's Day series, I know myself, I'm definitely going to make more of an effort to, to stop in at the little towns, even if we're doing the silo art tour. Um, if we're stopping to look at that silo art, well, then we need to go over to the corner store and, and grab a, an ice cream or, you know, grab a coffee or something um, and, and make sure that, yeah, we, we make memories and, and help little communities along the way. Oh, it's a hundred hundred percent. And the more that people have that mentality of it doesn't matter if it takes us three days to get there. Like really. It doesn't, doesn't matter. No. It doesn't matter. No. Um and I'm guilty of it too, don't worry. Like there's been times where I'm just like, oh, you know, just like get everybody in and once they're asleep, we're not turning the car off. Like I totally get it. But it would be nice to just go, you know what, we're not putting a time frame on this. Yes. We've got our destination in mind. We've got our booking. It's all fine, but let's just take our time to get there. And um, 
you know, and there's just, I mean, whole books, another beautiful town. You know, there's all these Yas, Jugiong, like they're just on the highway near me. Gundagai is halfway between Melbourne and Sydney. It's the perfect stop if you're doing that highway drive. Um, but it's 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 making people aware of that too. Like, mm. you know, if you're from Melbourne, how are you going to know? And Gundagai, really, you've got to get off the highway to see it. Like, it's not, uh, yep. you know, like it's not right there. You've got to you've got to pull off. And you know what? We don't get a huge amount of help, you know, from bigger, bigger. Like, I haven't no big publications are doing stories on Gundagai. So uh, you know, I yeah. I pitched this to you and was just like, well, I hope you know what I mean. Like, it's you don't know. Oh, it wasn't even a, a moment to hesitate or, or think about it or anything like that. It's an an easy yes from me, and um, you know, at, at some point, I wish I had more funding too that I could do more of this and, and showcase these areas and, you know, go on little road trips and, and show people what these towns look like. Um, but I suppose at the end of the day, if we are stopping in these towns, we need to use Instagram. We need to use social media and showcase it and share it with our friends um, and let them know where it is and, and tag businesses in and, and things like that, you know, instead of mindlessly scrolling and, and double tapping on influencers. I mean, there is so much more that we can do with Instagram. What does 2022 look like? We'd sort of written off the end of this year, to be honest. Like I, I... We didn't know, you know, what, are we coming out of lockdown? Mm. What are these vaccination rates doing? You know, it was just, the roadmap was just not even existent. No one really knew what was going on. And um, I just, I just sort of, you know, I was like, look, I just have to write this year off. We'll just write it out best we can and start fresh next year. Um, for me, we'll be just a celebration of our new space. Um, we will be... <laughs> eventually yes I will have an online store next year I promise <laughs> that is going to happen well if you need uh, help let me know I'm putting my hand up now to say if you need okay. help I am happy to help with Shopify okay great I'll take you up on that um I yes and I think I think Finco is going to a point where we can actually I can have um I can have someone help me which will be really nice on a on more, more permanent basis mm. our um, little boy Toby starts school next year oh. um, so one will be in school two two little girls still at home so it'll give me that flexibility to sort of be like oh no I've got to do this pick up or that drop off or whatever but the store will still be open I think this year's been um, we've had a nanny which has been beautiful so um, next year's probably going to look a little bit different in terms of um, you know how the how the shops actually open and who's there but um I will certainly be there most days and may have a child or two in tow. Who knows? <laughs> oh, look, it's good life lessons for them anyway. And um, I think that's what I've noticed um, with my four. Like life changes so much depending on the kids. And, you know, the wonderful thing about us as women is we're so adaptable. Um, you know, as you said, you know, your eldest is off to primary school uh, next year, which yeah, it does. It, it brings in a whole new range of hours that you can work and, um, you know, obviously doing a little bit more work after 3 p.m. in terms of readers and things like that. But, yeah, we just adapt and, and go with the flow. That's like the whole thing about COVID and teaching you that you do have to just adapt, don't you? I mean, you yourself would have had to, like, I mean, I thankfully didn't have to homeschool. I do not know what that would have been like. Um, and I really 
take my hat off to all the mums that did that and dads because everyone just had such a huge, you know, that's just so huge. Yeah, yep. Um, Like this is the other thing, Um, you know, I made a choice to not homeschool in term three Um, just because I needed to get the magazine out and unfortunately like they're, you know, we're seeing what's happened, the impact of that. So, um, you know, our littlest prep is a little bit behind now because, yeah, just didn't sit down with her enough to to do what she needed to do. So there's also that guilt. So it doesn't matter if you do the right thing and you're exhausted because you're not doing your business or you focus on your business and you're not homeschooling. Like it, I don't know if it was a win-win, you know, either way. Um, yeah, you just cope and just keep going and adjusting the course, I think. So, yeah. You're totally, yeah, that's exactly right. I think, and everyone's just doing their best. Hey, I hate, <laughs> you know, everyone is seriously just doing their best. I did read a, you know, quote or whatever, and it was a guy saying, you know, when I came to Australia, I'd missed like six years of school. I couldn't speak English, you know, blah, blah, blah. He's like now, you know, a really, really, really well-educated man. He's like, speaks fluent English. He's like, you're doing fine. He's like, if your kids miss a couple of months of school, they're going to be fine. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Like everyone's got way too much pressure on. It's fine. You know, it's, we're all going to get out the other end of it and everyone's going to get out at the other end at different stages and that's totally fine. Exactly. Yeah. Before I let you go, Beck, uh, can you tell me about a friend of yours that we all need to know about? Yes. Yeah, so Rach, who is my um gorgeous little helper here on a Thursday. So she's the one that mans the store on a Thursday, has launched Gundagai Goods. So um, she's actually a school teacher by trade. And after all of this year and all that kind of thing, and she had a little baby, she's like, Beck, I just don't think I can do teaching again and I'm going to launch this business. And um, I just want to have a shout out to her. She's just having the biggest impact here and really, really trying to launch their um, Gundagai Goods, which is a celebration of, you know, good locally, um, all Australian made sort of hampers. Um, She's got a store up and running, an online store up and running, so you can jump on um, her website and order a hamper, you know, some nice wine and different things. But I think um, watch that space because I think that there is going to be a deli in Gundagai soon. I feel that it's going to grow to a point where it won't be just a little online hamper business, but we will have a beautiful um, store that we can get those, you know, really yummy meats and cheeses and mm. gorgeous produce. Oh, from, yum. I feel that's where this, that's where her business is going to go is my, my heads up. I oh. hope she doesn't listen to this and go, oh my God, you put me into like this mixo spin of like, no, it was only ever going to be a hamper business. But, um. uh, look, just a, a little push in, in the uh, the deli direction now. But um, until yeah, then, yeah. we can all do with gourmet hampers. So um, yeah, definitely uh, have a look at, at that. Um, so that was Gundagai Goods and Hampers which will be amazing. Um, and, of course, there is so many other businesses from Gundagai that are in the latest issue of Oak um, and we'll get those up on the website and socials as well so that everyone can see them and, um, yeah, hopefully we'll come and visit you and say hello and, um, yeah, touch all the products in your store and add some to cart and all of that. Yes, 
That'd be amazing. I can't wait. <laughs> Same here. Thank you so much, Beck. And uh, yeah, look forward to, to seeing what happens for the rest of the year and seeing your new store. Can't wait. Thank you. Now, before you take off with all that inspiration and knowledge, we'd love for you to leave a review on our podcast so that we can continue to amplify women's voices in the media. And if you have any questions, we'd like to celebrate a win. You can always connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Oak Magazine AU. I'm so glad we've met and that now you know a friend of mine. <laughs>